It's time for a preacher confession. I am an end-of-the-week sermon writer. For two decades, 20 years, I have longed to be that preacher who writes their sermons ahead of time, like way in advance. I had a mentor who would take a retreat once a quarter, and all he would do is prepare his sermons for the next three months. I thought, wow, it's amazing. Uh, but I am who I am. And so if the week is quiet, <laughs> uh, I begin meditating on the gospel, the readings for the week, on Monday. But other weeks, honestly, it might be Friday before I point my mind and my heart to the sermon. And let's call today's sermon a somewhere-in-the-middle sermon. I had Big goals two weeks ago when I sat down on Monday morning and prepared, began to prepare for today's sermon. I remember this because it was the day that we learned Sam Piazza had been hospitalized. Sam and his family are long-time members here. And I never had the pleasure of knowing Sam, but it seems to me he was quite easy to love. And Sam's father is a judge here in Pulaski County. And so as I read that gospel Monday morning, two things happened. I knew that all of us were praying for Sam, like the persistent widow in today's parable, begging God for a miracle. And I also could not hold Judge Piazza and this judge in my mind together. Now, I've never stood in front of a judge in a courtroom. I hope that never happens. I worked really hard for it to never happen. But I know Judge Piazza to be a man who fears God and respects people. Now, these thoughts have never left me. If anything, they have influenced and tempered my response to today's gospel. The loss of a child is unimaginable, heartbreaking, devastating. I'm deeply saddened to say that children die every day for all kinds of reasons. Their deaths are a harsh, Bitter reminder of the shortness and uncertainty of life. We, every single one of us, are vulnerable and fragile. And we are a miracle. We are knit in our mother's womb. And we are made from dust. And to dust we shall return. We know this. We know it. And we also know that we are bound to a theology that reminds us that God is God and we are not. And suffering and grief and pain and death are all very real. Indeed, the more we love, the greater the grief. We can't have one without the other. We cannot have life without either one. And so we yearn for God's reign, 
for an end to our strife and the victory of God's redeeming love. The gospel tells us that the Pharisees come to Jesus and ask him, when is the kingdom of God coming? When will we see it? How will we know it? There are interesting questions that absolutely resonate within me. Because when I am confronted with suffering, my very first desire is for God. God's presence, God's activity, to know that God is at hand. And Jesus responds to the Pharisees with a variety of images and sayings. And the overall tenor of his response is this, that God is among us, right here, right now, and in the midst of it all. And if we are alert, we experience God in our midst. And then Jesus tells them stories, two stories. The second we will hear next week, and it is overtly and explicitly about prayer. But the first one we hear today, our narrator wants us to know that it is about prayer. They give us a little commentary. They say to us, then Jesus told us a story about how we should pray always and never lose heart. Now, I'm a stickler for reading these parables as they come to us. That is, as open-ended stories that illuminate some truth about our lives. I believe they are to be studied carefully, with hearts and minds full of wonder. And this is harder to do when the narrator says to us from the beginning, this is what this story is about. Because our imagination goes, oh, this is what I'm supposed to imagine. And personally, with this commentary and this parable, I go right back to that small child sitting in Sunday school listening to my teacher tell me that God is the judge and I am the widow and I must beg for God's mercy. If possible, I want to cleanse my imagination of all these biases and these preconceived ideas. I want to hear Jesus tell me the story and wonder what the story tells me teaches us about the nature of God's kingdom. You see, once upon a time, there was a judge. And this judge was a lot like the rich man from that earlier story, the one with Lazarus, focused only on himself. And there was a widow, and she demanded justice from this judge. She would not leave him alone. She was persistent, relentless, tenacious. And the judge granted her request because he wanted her to leave him alone. The point is that the widow receives justice because she relentlessly pursues it. She confronts this indifferent and unresponsive power, and she wins. I mean, that's my favorite part of the story. The widow wins. She gets the justice she demands. And I am absolutely indifferent to that judge. Mostly, I'm just grateful that he gives her justice. And I am so proud of that widow. 
And consider the ways that the narrator links the parable to our relationship with God. The narrator tells us that Jesus says to the Pharisees that this widow is like the chosen ones and that God will grant justice to them, that God will not delay in helping them. God, it seems, is even more responsive than an unjust judge. God is attending to God's people. And the story ends with a question. Does the Son of Man find faith on earth? Do God's people have faith? Oh, I'm left with all kinds of questions now. Am I a tenacious in prayer like the widow? Do my prayers seek justice? Do my prayers seek God's justice? And it would be so tempting right now to turn my heart and mind, and hopefully therefore yours, towards this question of the efficacy of prayer. Does prayer work? And I am resisting every urge to do that because I'm not convinced that this story has anything to do with how or why God answers prayer. The story, the parable, invites us to examine our own hearts and motivations. We begin with the imperative to pray always and never lose heart. And the reading ends with the promise of God's justice. The reading does not seek to answer this question, does prayer work? But rather, the gospel wonders, are we persistent, hopeful, and faithful in prayer? As I studied this text, I remembered all the parables that we've heard recently. The rich man and Lazarus, that dishonest manager, the lost son, the lost coin the lost sheep. And I wondered if any of those characters prayed. Did the woman searching for her coin kneel down on the floor and say, God, please show me where I put the coin? We know that the rich man cried out to Father Abraham. But does the manager pray for wisdom as he seeks to make an account of himself to his boss? Does the father pray for his son to return? And it seems to me that the judge in today's story is changed in some way by the persistence of the widow. But I wonder how the widow is transformed by her demand for justice. How much more are we changed? How are we changed when we pursue God in prayer? When we search tenaciously, persistently for God's justice in our lives and for the world as we pray? We know that Jesus teaches us to pray. If I were to say right now, let us pray together in the words Christ taught us, you would all start with, I mean, our Father. Jesus teaches us to pray. 
And he encourages us to keep praying, to remain steadfast and faithful as we seek God. As we face suffering, keep seeking God's presence and activity. Do not be deterred. Do not lose heart when prayers seem to go unanswered, when we don't seemingly get our miracle, when justice feels so far off and maybe unattainable. Keep praying. Pursue God. Because God comes so close to us. And we come so close to God. And God's way for our lives and for the world is made known to us. And we see for a glimpse the reign of the kingdom of God right here, right now. And it transforms us, making us partners with God's activity. So may we pray at all times, in all places, and for all things. And may our prayers unite us to God's reconciling love, mercy, and grace. And may we be so transformed by our prayers that our hope and our faith and our resolve for God's kingdom is strengthened more and more every day.